Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Welcome to this week's episode of Recipe for Success, where we learn all about the ingredients of our guest's success, their journey, a little bit about the twists and the turns that they take, and what led them to where they are today. This week, uh, we have uh, an opportunity to interview and have someone that we wouldn't normally have here. He's not from here in South Florida. He comes from uh, Georgia, which is where he lives now in Atlanta. And he is, uh, was my colleague at JA of Atlanta as the CEO and president. And today is the president and CEO of 3DE, which eventually you all will learn a little bit more about in the community. So Jack Harris, welcome. Thank you. Thank you thank for you, coming. Yeah. And I would like our audience to learn a little bit about 3DE and maybe, so maybe you could just give us a short story of how uh, the superintendent came to you. Yeah, how it came to uh, be. And, and how we, we got to where we are today with 3DE. Yeah, so um, like you mentioned, I've been the president for Junior Achievement of Georgia for about 10 years. And we've been working closely with the school districts in Metro Atlanta, much like your uh, relationships that you have here. And at one point in time in 2013, superintendent at the time called and, and put a question to us on the table. And he said, you know, we talk in education circles all the time about how to transform education today to reflect the, the complexities of the world around us. And uh, we need to do more to keep pace with what those changes are. And I'd be interested if you guys had a blank slate and completely redesigned high school education from the ground up, what would you do? And, uh, and so that's what initially led to 3DE, but the whole idea of to have a comprehensive, holistic educational model that is dropped into existing um, traditional high schools and transform the academic experience from the inside out for students. Yeah, I think what I love about this and why I think it's so unique is because um, first of all, I don't know of any other model that uses Harvard-type case study, right, case challenges, uh, and then integrates it throughout all of the core subjects, mm -hmm. right? We hear about uh, magnets or academies that, that have electives, but it's not integrated mm -hmm. into their full courses. Um, and so I think that's extremely unique. Uh, and we got to hear the students today yeah. and hear about how, you know, they compared this to regular education and, you know, they wouldn't change it for the yeah, world yeah, right now yeah. that they have it. So, um, but let's talk. So I was just asking you about your tenure at Junior Achievement. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure that wasn't your first job, although you look like young enough for it to be your first job. Um, but talk a little bit about just um, how you ended up at JA and, and then maybe a little bit about your journey and some of the ingredients that led yeah. to where you are right now. So I've been with JA total 18 years. Um, I started actually on the international side of the organization. So in 2002, JA had moved its international headquarters to Atlanta. At the time, JA organizations existed in a little over 100 countries, and um, it became an incredible opportunity to, to join in. Prior to that, I'd spent a couple years in education, a couple years in business after graduating college. I always, without really thinking very deeply about it, was always really interested in that intersection between those two worlds. And, uh, and also, a lot of my like, college background was around international economic development. So when somebody told me that this organization called Junior Achievement was moving its international headquarters to Atlanta, 
uh, I was in my mid-20s at the time, and it just seemed like an incredible opportunity. And then spent about 30, uh, three years in 30 different countries. Um, uh, just, uh, you know, I was say I was like completely unqualified for anything that I was doing, but it was a, it was a... Um, so you took a risk. Yeah, it was, I mean, just, just dove right in. And <laughs> it was a remarkable experience. I got really hooked on the, on the mission. And, and then ever since then, really been, it's been about how do we um, move the, you know, these incredible assets and relationships that Junior Achievement has as an organization, how do we continue to position those for systemic change for the next generation of students and beyond and, and create a proof of concept of what that looks like? You know, uh, I think international work and international travel, um, for me, it's, it's very intriguing because, you know, what we do here is not what they do in those hundred country, mm -hmm. countries, and probably all of them are very different in some way. Um, t can you talk a little bit about that and, and how, you know, as a learning experience, because that was early mm -hmm. in your career. Yeah, very much. Traveling around the globe um, in different cultures. Yeah. And how to how to make that work, right? How to be successful in that yeah. type of environment. It was fascinating. And most of the time when I was traveling, I was traveling by myself. And so I would land in a new country and I'd be met by the local JA team or the board of directors that was there, but very much had to um, quickly adapt to local customs, local culture. And, and as you mentioned, just be in constant learning mode because... Um, myself as a mid-20s American coming into new cultures, if it ever seemed that I had all the answers to bring them, nothing would have ever worked. And really taking a posture of learning, of partnership, of relationships, and and, and seeing the, actually the, the impact that JA was having, while it might look different from country to country, oh, there's an enormous amount of consistency in what the impact actually looked like. And so how do we take themes and, and trends from what we're seeing to then replicate that more broadly. Yeah, really interesting. So, so after doing the international work, did you then transfer from international to JAUSA? Uh, we actually went from international to JA of Georgia. And so okay. we were, when with Junior Achievement International, we were actually uh, co-sharing office space with the Junior Achievement Georgia organization at the time. And so after I'd done the international work for a few years, uh, there was a, a piece of me that really, I, I always felt like I was, hopping in and out of different countries, that there actually was nothing that I was doing that was really driving any sort of change on the ground. And, and, as, I, and as, as I saw the impact, I became more interested and curious of like, what would it actually look like to lead some of this change at a, at a local level? And understanding that some of the needs um, in Atlanta, while different than some of the countries that we were working with, there's still big needs. And if, they, if the goal is to provide economic opportunity for every single individual student, then there's a whole lot of gaps that exist in Atlanta. You don't have to go very far right. to, yeah, you don't have to, to figure that to out. Europe or yeah, Asia or exactly. Africa to do that. And um, so, uh, so started working for uh, Junior Achievement Georgia at that time. Now, did you go in as CEO? No, I originally went in as um, head of development, which I had never done any development work beforehand, but that was, Dive the, right that in was again, the open right? position that they had. <laughs> Uh, and uh, worked for a few years with a woman named Donna Buchanan, who had been at JA of Georgia a long time, um, incredible legacy. And, um, and then she retired, and I became CEO then for a 10-year period from 2008 to 2018. So you had never done development, but yet they hired you as a VP of development. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was just very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. There, were, there was a reason, right? Um, and so talk a little bit about, you know, I, when I took a job in nonprofit for the first time, which was probably about 15 years ago, I came from corporate, mm -hmm. um, and I was in finance. What did I know about nonprofit? Mm -hmm. 
Um, I had done volunteer work, raising some money, doing some events, but I didn't have a resume in development or mm -hmm. nonprofit to speak of. But there were things, right, that I could apply. Talk a little bit about, you know, what were those, what did they see that mm -hmm. you had that they thought was worth <laughs> taking the chance of putting you into that position? That's a, that's a really good question. Because I was nervous going into that because I'd never done it before. I had no idea um, exactly what the role would entail. I had no idea whether or not I would be good at it. And I think that there's, there was something about the experience of that international work of just like diving into a new opportunity and just, and just learning from it and taking out everything that you can for what it's worth and and almost in a way of like just not having fear around it and just being willing to to step into it that I, my own comfort level of going into those types of situations was rising from that from right. that experience right. and um and i think that there's a, a way of w one thing that um yeah, i do think that hopefully we've brought into the 3de work too is that there's always been a little bit of a fabric of always of challenging assumptions and challenging the status quo. And so just because things have been done a certain way for so long doesn't necessarily mean that that's the right way to do it going forward. And thankfully, Donna was the type of leader that she was like, look, I don't care if you've got any development experience or not. I'd like your perspective on it. And let's see what happens. So challenging the status quo, mm -hmm. right? So what is it, you know, when somebody stays that long with an organization, you know, something's driving you. Mm -hmm. um, what was that something for you? What was the why? Yeah. Uh, for me, I grew up in a family. I'm the oldest of six kids. And my dad, from a very early age, really instilled the value of education. Um, he really felt like education was his pathway out of uh, you know, the, how he had grown up. And so he was constantly talking about this, like education, if you, a solid education is going to open up opportunities for you. And, and I believe that, but I never necessarily like fully internalized it. I think when I was doing the international work, I started realizing that there's a lot of conversation that will happen about solid education. Um, but a lot of times that's not linking to what that might mean from an economic opportunity perspective. And so there's so many students, even well-educated, that aren't necessarily prepared for the types mm -hmm. of careers that we have in the future. Or, and let alone, if they're not well-educated, then what does that mean? And so I'd say like our driver is that again, back to challenges to the status quo, that if we keep doing education the way that we've done it for the last 30, 40, 50 years, we're gonna keep having larger and larger gaps with the students that we're serving. And so um, really coming at that root systemic issue and, and solving it for its root causes versus just putting Band-Aids on some of the symptoms, I'd say that's like the driving factor, not just for me, but for our whole team of really what it is that we're trying to look right. at. So really coming up with solutions versus the, the Band-Aid yep. approach, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you obviously like solving problems. Mm -hmm. um, would you call yourself a fixer? Uh, I don't know, it's a good question. Because there's other um, individuals that are are much better operationally minded than I am. Um, but I do like that idea of taking very complex systemic problems and trying to break down, how do you take an innovative solution to break down that problem? Mm -hmm. um, and, and what are the ways of, if you take the traditional barriers that might exist around a certain issue, how do you work through that barrier versus making that barrier an excuse? And um, so those kinds of things, I mean, that, that's the, the, trajectory or the, I guess the path of my JA career 
when I look back, I never would have thought that I would have been here for 18 years, but there, every couple of years, there's been a new opportunity right. of like, okay, so what, now, now what? <laughs> right. So there's a little bit of that, uh, you get bored easily. Yeah, probably uh, is that. Kind of thing. So yeah. you're always yeah. looking for that next challenge, that yeah. next problem to yeah. solve in a sense. So having, you know, being a CEO of, of one of the, the larger JAs uh, in the country, um, people, right? A lot of people that you've managed, uh, mm -hmm. that you work with uh, on the team now at 3DE as well. You know, how, how important was that and how did you, you know, when it sounds like international is a very small staff, so mm -hmm. you didn't yep. get the opportunity really to grow those skills, yep. right? And then you go into this large organization as VP of development and you probably now have a staff mm -hmm. of several people and then you become the CEO and now you've so talk a little bit about the people skills and the managing mm -hmm. part of people. Because, you know, a lot of CEOs think that's probably one of the most challenging yeah. parts of, of our jobs. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that and, and how you evolved in yeah. that. And I would say also along with that, like from whether it's from a 3D perspective or a, a, a core JA perspective, I think people is our main asset, really. I mean, it's so much of it is about relationships. So much of it is about the individuals that are driving the work. And so... I think I've got a much greater appreciation now of how important talent is oh. and that as leaders, what are we doing really to understand what the barriers are that people might face? So once we once you have great people hired and the talent on board, what are we doing as leaders to help break down the barriers for them, equipping, resources, empowering them right. to be able to make um, you know, solid decisions to drive the mission forward in a way that is... Um, I guess uplifting and, and and motivating for everybody that's involved, and and creating a, a workplace environment that hopefully is highly transparent, very open, um, that that people feel like they're really that, that they've got each other's back. And I think all of those are elements that really play into whether or not somebody feels like they're bringing their full self into the role on a daily basis. Yeah, no, I would agree. And you know, when you have a large staff, everybody's so different, mm -hmm. right? So you you have to meet the needs of so many different people uh, and I know we've talked about that before too um, you know and it's really interesting I watch you sometimes at some of our conferences and um, for those in the audience we have about 106 or 107 mm -hmm. areas yeah. around the country and uh, once a year all of the presidents get together and it's really interesting to put that many A-type personality mm -hmm. yep. people in a room um, but you're always so um, What's the word I'm looking for? You just, you always just remain so calm and, <laughs> and so cool and, 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 you know, never, never lose perspective, right, of who you are and where you're going. And that I've, I've admired that, you know, since Thanks. I met you. But, you know, talk a little bit about that because you're working with so many different corporate leaders in mm -hmm. Atlanta, work with all our yeah. cohorts, you know, around the country. Talk a little bit about that because that's obviously a strength of yours, mm -hmm. right? And people... I can hear our, our, our counterparts sometimes say, yeah, follow Jack Harris, mm. right? So what is it that they want to follow? Why do they <laughs> want to follow you? <laughs> uh, don't be modest. Either. No, no um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, like there's a, I'm thankful for that. I don't take it for granted. Uh, I do think that there's, um, back to my dad, you know, outside of education, the other thing I always really respect about my dad is he had, a high degree of work ethic, and he was very humble in, in the way that he approached things. And so um, I think this recognition that none of us can do what we're doing on our own mm -hmm. and that there are so many aspects that come into play to be able to drive forward 
um, a mission or a business or wh whatever it is. And so recognizing that there's um, taking yourself too seriously can yeah. only go so far yeah. and that there's, you know, there's, there's time and places for, for how those things play themselves out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Um, you know, so um, and talking about, I was saying that you, you deal with a lot of corporate people. Atlanta is a big mm -hmm. hub for some big companies. Um, and you have raised a, a pretty large sum of money, not just for J Atlanta, but mm -hmm. now with 3DE, something in the ballpark of 30, 35 mm -hmm. million dollars. Um, talk a little bit about that and, and how you're sitting at the table with these major CEOs, mm -hmm. right? Um, first of all, did you ever dream you know, that you'd be doing that. Yeah, right. um, and, you know, and what's, what's the secret sauce, right? Yeah. How did you get to those tables and, and how do you stay at those tables yeah. and be part of, part yeah. of them? Because I, I really think that's a talent, right? That, that a lot of our young people mm -hmm. haven't, haven't, or I don't even know that they understand they have to master yeah. it, right? Yeah, I mean, so we are very blessed in Atlanta to have some amazing, um, not just Fortune 500 companies, but the leaders of those Fortune 500 companies are pretty amazing, amazing individuals. And there's a there's a ethos within the Atlanta community that really about corporate civic engagement. And um, so it's a, it's a special place from that perspective. But that all being said, it still it still took us some work to reposition the JA brand that's been around for a long, long time that people will have whatever their perceptions are, usually good, but they're, but they're maybe dated, you know, in terms of um, the type of work that we're doing right now, how to shift that perception to not just being like a feel good organization that a company has supported for a long time, but to actually be part of the mind share of a CEO or a, le or a corporate leader or a civic leader around, oh, this could actually be the thing that starts to move the needle. And um, we, spent a, a good bit of time of really trying to to tell the story of what we were doing in a different way and what i've found is that through um like our j biztown j finance park work through the 3de work that there is a hunger from whether it's in business community education community like with superintendents there there is a hunger for real solutions and i think that if we can present our a case we're not saying that's proven yet you know we're we're, we're not making that claim but if you present a case of like Here's why we think this approach is different. Here's why we've got initial proofs of concept that that is working. And here's how we think we can make that replicable and scalable to achieve systemic change. I think that the building that conversation is what's allowed us to be able to get into a little bit more of the thought leadership um, types of things yeah. that we've seen in the last few years. Yeah, it's interesting because when, even when I came here, it was about five years ago. And I remember having a conversation with a, a county commissioner at the time. And she said, we're, we don't, we're not going to fund financial literacy. Mm -hmm. And I said, is that what you think we do? And mm -hmm. she said, well, yeah, that's what junior achievement is. Yeah. And I said, well, what if I told you that our core mission, our work is to create your net consumer, taxpayer, employee, mm -hmm. and employer. Mm -hmm. That's economic development. Right, right, yeah. And it was it, that one conversation just from there taking that throughout the community yeah. and telling the story the way it really was, yes. what we were really doing and how, what was in it for them, right? Mm -hmm. Which is you need employees, yeah. right? You need people to create jobs in our community. You need tax yep. payers, right? And consumers to buy their products. And they, so they can't be on, you know, government support. You need them to have the wherewithal yeah. to, to buy things and purchase things and, and all of that. 
when you turn and tell the story right in a more compelling way mm -hmm. it, it is amazing how people can relate i i've not met anyone that that this mission does not resonate with mm -hmm. um i mean we all have other missions that that we're involved in but but we're all either you know, parents who want our kids to grow up and be successful mm -hmm. and have the skill sets or we're business owners or or ceos executives who are running teams and we need employees um, or, you know, we're business owners, right? Yep. And we have to employ people. So I'm, I'm not sure I've met anybody that this doesn't apply to. Mm -hmm. um, so if you had to make a prediction of what's next, mm -hmm. right? What, what would you like to do next that <laughs> you haven't yet well, done? Would it still be in education and economic development area? Yeah, and I, would, I would actually say, and this might seem like a really like easy answer, but the like what we're doing from a 3DE perspective, I don't think is a short-term play. Yeah. Um, I think that we, um, I think we are on the path to being able to move some pretty significant needles in the education sector and in a way in, in joint partnership with school districts, business communities. So this is just about 3D. I mean, this is really about a, a collaborative movement to, to move the needle. And, um, but to see that play out, that, that's a long-term play. And uh, so I'm, I'm pretty committed to so what the we're long, doing right the now. The long game, yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny, I, I've been uh, told by many people that I'm a fixer, mm -hmm. right? That's my nature. I love to go into organizations that are kind of falling apart or can't make their bills or I don't, I don't know what that is with me, but, um, and then, you know, turning them around and then going on to the mm -hmm. next problem to solve, right? Mm -hmm. And the next thing to fix. But it's really interesting because I've had people say that to me, so you fixed it. Mm -hmm. Now what? Now what, yeah. Well, you know, not just 3DE, but JA, junior achievement in general, the potential mm -hmm. for this organization to shape young people and prepare young people to me, I, I have never seen or experienced yep. in any other organization. And so I would agree with you that this is a long journey. Mm -hmm. And yes, so we fixed the immediate problems, but now the fun is in growing this, yeah. right? And being innovative like 3DE, like using technology and finance park, and how can we truly stay relevant mm -hmm. right so that these students are excited about learning and about the future yeah right and so i i think that's and you can tell i get no it's really cool to hear because i i mean i fundamentally believe that that the platform that junior achievement has in an organization is unmatched and unparalleled in terms of the change it can potentially drive and and so while we may like in your case like you did a you know phenomenal job of of really um with jay of south florida of coming together but the 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 problems of that the systemic problems that we're looking to solve like they're not fixed yet right. and so it's like how do we take the assets of ja and position it on those things and i do i, I, I mean i've not that i've looked around hard but you know you see different things right. like i'm, I'm right. convinced like this is ja has got the yeah right yeah i can't it. even figure out what i would yeah. do after this i mean it would, it would be downhill i guess yeah. but um but yeah i think it's exciting so um Lots of, and, and passion, right? You know, mm -hmm. we, we show our passion differently. I'm Italian and Spanish, so mine comes out really. Um, yeah, mine's on the inside. Rally. Yeah, yours is more <laughs> on the inside, but your eyes are sparkling, yeah, so that's yeah. how you show. But I know that you are passionate about mm -hmm. this, and so I have to believe that that commitment and that passion for 18 years, right, yeah. has driven you through this. So I'm going to add passion yeah. to, to your list of, of ingredients. But um, one of the things that I love to do, and, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but there's one thing in this uh, recipe mm -hmm. that is the main ingredient. I always say 
you know, um, I used to love when I had more time on my hands to make cheesecakes. Mm -hmm. I must have had 350 cheesecake recipes. I don't what I, I too much time on my hands, I guess. Um, but the main ingredient for every one of those 350 recipes was cream cheese, mm -hmm. right? No matter how you slice it, it was cream cheese. What's the main ingredient in your recipe for success? That weaves through all that? Yeah. So I would, I mean, this isn't my answer, but I, I do think that a commitment to mission and passion has to be an underpinning aspect of anything. I think with, without that, all the other stuff um, doesn't necessarily, I mean, it just doesn't, it doesn't have the foundation. Right. But of those things, I'd say the piece that is, if I look back, that has most been like threaded through just different, whether it was in, edu like when I myself was a student or even through um, different career things is around challenging the status quo of yeah. just, um, always trying to just look at things differently and challenge the assumptions that sometimes are around us, but yeah. then how to create productive solutions, solutions. Or, or alternatives, yeah. right? Yeah. To, to stepping out of that, yeah. that status quo. Yeah. I love that one. Um, it's funny. Nobody's ever said that one. So, so I'm, it, I'm glad to hear that you said it because I do think, um, so often we just accept things sometimes mm -hmm. for the way they are. Mm -hmm. Um, but but challenging that and then challenging people to come up with another way mm -hmm. of doing it is really interesting. So, um, so I am going to read your recipe for success. Um, and I love this one. And this kind of weaved all through your career too, which was just dive right in. Mm -hmm. um, every new opportunity, maybe you weren't uh, on a resume, right? Like we talked mm -hmm. about earlier. I wasn't the best person for the job. You might not be on the resume, but something, somebody saw something that we had to offer in that position. And so we, we just dove right in, which I love. Um, adaptability, you mentioned mm -hmm. that a couple of times and being able to shift and be flexible, mm -hmm. um, especially like you said, internationally, yeah. right? When you're dealing with that many different cultures, constant learning. Mm -hmm. And this is for me, I, I will go to my grave probably reading some leadership book because that's what I do in my spare time. Um, but I think learning from people like you, learning from our guests, learning from the other leaders in this community, from role models, mm -hmm. and learning from our kids. Sometimes they teach oh, yeah. us, right? Oh, and yeah. so learning from my team. So I, I think so important. Yeah. Uh, partnerships and relationships. You know, when you have to raise a lot of money, uh, like we do, you know, and you have to raise a lot more than I do, those partnerships and relationships mm -hmm. are critical. And so being able to build them and, and maintain them Right, mm -hmm. I can get you to give a gift once, maybe, if I built that relationship, but then it may go away. Mm -hmm. So it's also making sure that we steward and we maintain that relationship, and that's that takes a lot of work, right, um, and a lot of commitment. Um, challenging the status quo, your main ingredient, and you're going to keep doing that. I know it. That's why I love having you. You're being here with you at Junior Achievement, solving the root problem, getting to the cause, and solving mm -hmm. the problem. Breaking them down um, and getting to that root cause, working through the barriers. You know, when you're challenging the status quo, mm -hmm. you often come across a lot of challenges, yeah. right? And, and expect a lot that of they're obstacles. going to be there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and know that you're going to have to find ways around them. Yeah. So I love that. Finding the right people and providing the resources for those people, mm -hmm. um, so important. Um, and I think, you know, you, we're hearing so much today about talent, uh, finding the right talent, retaining the talent onboarding them probably mm -hmm. all of that it's becoming you know another whole job mm -hmm. right for for many of us um but i love it because you can actually just like we see our kids grow 
you see the people who work mm -hmm. with you grow. Yeah. And it's really, uh, I, for me, it's really rewarding mm -hmm. to see that. Uh, humility. You mentioned that, and I definitely could see that in you, mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, fra uh, framing the perception and telling the story. Mm -hmm. I really love that. Uh, it's so important. And then your second, probably, mainly your, your second ingredient that's just as important, or almost, is passion and commitment to the mission. Mm -hmm. uh, and we know that for 18 years you have been committed to the Junior Achievement Mission. Um, love working with you. I Likewise. love that... Uh, 3DE, we have an opportunity, mm -hmm. hopefully, to bring that here to Broward and, and work with you and your team. Um, and just really always so impressed and such a pleasure to work with you. Yeah, so. Thanks. And thanks for having me here, too. You're it's welcome. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. I'm glad we got to do this. Yeah. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for watching and for listening. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Recipe for Success. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Let's get cooking. <laughs>